0: Hey Sam.
1: Hey Bev. What you drinking over there?
0: I just opened a Nut House oh. Peanut Butter Porter by Miller'sburg Brewing Company. And when I picked it out of the fridge uh this evening, Aurora saw it and she goes, "Ooh, is that a donkey on the on the can?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like No, it's a horse, but I'm going to pretend like it's a donkey because that makes me happy. (laughs) What are you drinking over there?
1: I have a 2016 Apila, A-P-I-L-A, I'm guessing Apila. It's a Merlot from Chile and it's pretty delicious, um, especially for a a Merlot. Since they're not always my favorite, they've kind of been growing on me. But the climate in Chile for this is a Mediterranean climate. And the vineyard is situated between the foothills of the, of the Andes and the Pacific Ocean. So I feel kind of fancy and exotic drinking this wine. So
0: That sounds very yeah. fancy. Yeah,
1: it's a good one. After a long day and a long work week, sometimes I just really want a glass of red wine. Like it seems kinda of cliche, but it just makes me feel better. So you know what? It's it's a good choice for my heart and I'm just gonna do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean there's nothing cliche about wanting to unwind with something that makes you happy. Unwind. <laughs> <laughs> we're so punny. Uh, <laughs> we're so many bad jokes. <laughs> uh well, welcome to we drink and we farm things
1: woo, that's bev over there
0: and that's sam over there
1: <laughs> and this is the farm comedy podcast that is happy hour for your ear holes
0: we drink adult beverages talk about farming things and give zero clucks about having the perfect farm life or real life for that matter yeah that's <laughs>
1: both very true and it's not like we don't want things to be good on our farms or real life but the realities of life in general aren't always rainbows and sunshine so we like to keep it real and have discussions that include these kinds of situations
0: yeah and the mistakes we make new knowledge we gain we like to try to entertain you and sometimes we go off on tangents about life and non-farming related things that's
1: right. And you can check those tangents out over on the Patreon. Uh, we've recorded like a five minute one today, testing our sound equipment. Um, so you can go check that out in longer previous sessions over at patreon.com slash drink and farm.
0: Uh, and while you're there, be sure and check that page out because we're currently doing a Patreon drive because we are going to coop camp in June um, and we need some new equipment, we need a hotel room, we got to drive there. There's, there's some expenses uh, involved in going on the road, so we're sending out little gifties in April to patrons that are at the $5 level and above so you can feel good getting a cool gift and feel good knowing that you're helping sending us to coop camp.
1: Hooray! Hooray is correct! And one of our drink sponsors from Patreon um, is sponsoring our beverages today. And that is Elise Ferguson at EGF Brahma Mama over on Instagram. So thanks, Elise. And make sure you go check out her Instagram.
0: Yeah. And I just realized something. I've been calling Brahma's Brahamas. Because that's how it's spelled. I think it's Uh Brahma's. Honestly. So maybe it's Brahma Mama. I don't know.
1: There's a... Chick- there's a, <laughs> Woo! it's been a long week. <laughs> um, there's a documentary called Chicken People. um, And I think one of the guys on there calls them Bramas or Brahmas. Hmm. But I think he was more like Southern. So I feel like I'll probably just have to go YouTube after this and like check them all out to see how different people say it. It's probably like tomato tomato.
0: <laughs> well, because when I saw her Instagram handle, I always say in my head, Brahama mama, because I don't know, it just Like sounds Bahama so mama peppy. Yeah, like Bahama Mama, <laughs> but Brahamas, yeah. And then I was like, wait, no, that's not how you pronounce that. It's not Brahamas, but I wanna say it that way for some reason. <laughs>
1: well, you know what, Bev? I'll accept you no matter what way you say Brahamas.
0: Oh good. Oh good. <laughs> so I have a correction this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Last week, uh, I talked about those tanks that you could store the semen canes in uh, if you wanted to artificially inseminate your goats. And I said that the tanks were full of nitrous oxide to keep them cold, um, but nitrous oxide is what the dentist gives you when you're scared of him to make you laugh, and it'll also make your car go fast. Um, it's liquid nitrogen that keeps things frozen. Oh,
1: I mean, you said nitro, so you were you meant it, yeah. <laughs> the- <laughs>
0: I mean, clearly, I failed chemistry three times, and that's not a lie. I say that seriously.
1: (laughs) I never even took it. I avoided it because I knew I'd probably fail it. So I managed to get
0: through high school undergrad
1: and grad school without any chemistry. So I feel like that in, in and of itself is quite the achievement.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is quite the achievement. In fact, I waited to take my science requirement that I needed for my bachelor's degree. I waited until the very last class of my bachelor's degree. <laughs> and then I took biology and I loved biology. So I was like, ah, oh, shit, I really missed my calling here.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how I was too. I really liked um, advanced biology. And- In high school. Because that's where you got to dissect all the animals.
0: Oh yeah. Which was
1: very interesting. And I liked it. But I think I still got like a C plus in that class. Because I liked cutting everything open. But I couldn't remember what everything was. Apparently. (laughs) So. (laughs) But hey. You know Uh, what? It's all good. I I enjoyed it while I was there. And came out on top as an average student. So.
0: I mean. (laughs) average is good this
1: is exactly why we don't say that we're experts at anything because we're just figuring this stuff out we misstep and misspeak all the time and that's why we have a corrections corner to show you that it's okay to be human and to learn from your mistakes
0: that's right so has diana ended that hostage situation over there yet
1: nope (sighs) She has not. I mean, by the time this episode drops next Friday, I hope she has, but maybe she won't. Maybe, maybe when, you know, I saw Toot mount her at Aslan's birthday party, that was when the magic really happened. And I'm going to wait like almost two more weeks. It's totally possible. It's just bizarre because I, her, her, um, ligaments are gone it's not like they came back um and it feels looser and looser every day and she's incredibly puffy back there um but it's just like eh, she'll have one when she's ready and she hasn't like gone into labor she's not like in labor too long or pushing or anything like that i think she's just you know enjoying her little solitary vacation at club med uh, (laughs) with her private stash of alfalfa hay and grain um that she doesn't need to compete with the boys for so yeah we're still waiting and i'm still getting up every few hours at each in the night to like look at the camera and make sure there's no babies on the ground
0: <laughs> yeah good call good call I was gonna say are you even sure that she's pregnant but it sounds like she is if like she had ligaments and then they're gone yeah. and she's a little puffy in the back end yeah
1: yeah and I definitely felt babies in there the other day like going nuts so oh, good and yeah, maybe they're just taking a little longer to get in the position you know And and we did, after Toot busted in, and I was like, ooh, Valentine's Day babies. We did kind of just let them hang out together for a couple weeks. So, like, lesson learned there. Don't do that. Especially when you have a full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I ended up staying home yesterday which was Thursday because I wasn't feeling the greatest probably because I haven't been sleeping great and I like yeah. started feeling like sinus crappy and I have you know the luxury and the bosses that are very accommodating you know if you don't feel well you could stay home because they don't want you to spread your germs so I you know kept an eye on her yesterday but it's like I need to physically go back into work next week so if she could just have them this weekend that would be ideal. <laughs>
0: Well, if there's anything we've learned, it's that you can't rush Mother Nature.
1: No, you can't.
0: So, we're crossing our fingers that yes. next week there's baby goats. We're crossing our fingers that Sunday there's baby goats. Come on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I could I could deal with Monday too cuz that's a work from home day. I'm going to oh, be pissed true. if she does it on Tuesday. <laughs> but it'll be fine. Either yeah. way. I'm just <laughs> I'm kind of excited though that it's a little more spaced out from the other ones, because that just means I'll have more baby goats longer.
0: Yeah, that's super true. So we got our February honey and rue boxes. Yes,
1: we did. That was a happy piece of mail. I love getting that.
0: Right? That's always like one of my favorite days of the month, that's for sure.
1: Yes, absolutely. So what was your favorite thing in the box this month?
0: so i'm gonna be a weirdo and say that my favorite thing in the box was the wolf pee
1: (laughs) (laughs) people are probably like wolf pee what
0: (laughs) well and the reason is is so um it just like it's called a wolf urine pee shot i mean (laughs) a it's called a pee shot so how can that not make you laugh like a 12 year old boy (laughs) (laughs) like i am right now But you're supposed to just open the top of it and you store it in your coop. And the smell coming from the canister, like, you don't have to spread it. You don't have to touch it. You don't have to do anything, like, yucky with it. Just, like, put it up in a corner somewhere in your coop where your chickens can't get to it. And it will keep predators away, like weasels and coyotes and bears. Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, I don't have bears. But I do have weasels I mean, and coyotes. So. You know
1: yeah and you never know some oddity could happen and one wanders down that way you know we've had bear sightings in Fowlerville before
0: oh have you Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so it happens
0: that's true somebody did say that there were black bears in chillicothe last year and they were Uh. being serious and not facetious so i guess we do have (laughs) some bears around here we just i don't see them very often Just
1: you know not very common probably but it's possible but now you have a wolf urine pee shot to keep you safe. Well, your chickens safe.
0: Yeah, keep the chickens safe. Well, and something else that I was thinking of, if it um, does a good job of like, if I notice that like the squirrels won't go around to the coop or like raccoons or anything else, I might pick up a couple more of these and like put them in the gardens to try to keep those animals from digging into the garden beds. Like I don't know if it would work for that. This is like purely speculation corner, but it might. certainly worth a shot. A pea Uh,
1: shot. (laughs) Yeah, it's worth a pea shot.
0: (laughs) What was your favorite thing from the box?
1: So I'm always a fan of dried herbs. So there was Honey and Rue brand Coop Complete dried herbs. So I was excited that there was um, a bag of that in there. Um, I was a little confused by the pea shot personally, but I'm glad that, you know, You are excited about it and now that you know you've told me about it I might just open it up and put it in my coop too. Um, Mm. Because I like looked at it and then I was like what? And I was like oh okay and then I put it down and then I like forgot about it for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But I also really like the watercolor prints tote bag. That's just freaking adorable.
0: Yeah it is. It's super cute and I'll probably definitely put a chicken in it at some point. Just I mean, to be funny.
1: It only seems appropriate.
0: But we also got like a sample size bottle of it, which is like an all natural mineral that stops bleeding. Super useful this time of year when yes. the spring is starting to happen and everybody gets a little feisty.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um It's, it's also just good to have on hand for things like bumblefoot surgery, um, just in case the little guy or girl starts bleeding from the foot um it's good to have that on hand as well so that'll be handy and I hope I don't have to use it but I'll be grateful that I have it if I do
0: (laughs) yeah and this is another one of those small size bottles which is perfect for your little grab and go emergency kit so you don't have to put your full size blood stop powder in there because my uh container of blood stop powder is like a ridiculous size so
1: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly i like i like travel size kind of things but it's like it's funny because it's like i have under my cabinets a bunch of boxes from henny and rue with all the different supplies in it i just haven't consolidated it to like one bag or box it's like if you open my cabinet it looks like i'm a henny and rue store it's pretty oh fabulous. i like it <laughs>
0: And also inside the box was a bag of wildlife sciences mealworms. And we got a sweet pair of Henny and Rue work gloves, Yes, which I mean, you can never have too many gloves. Oh, for sure. Never. I mean, guests can use them. Other people you talk into doing work on your farm can use them Mm -hmm. or you can't find your favorite pair of gloves. You can use these or they can become your new favorite pair of gloves. Exactly.
1: There's so many opportunities. And then we also got um, my Urban Coops Plump Pumpkin Chicken Chew, is pretty exciting. I felt like there was a lot of there was a lot in this box. It was really fun to open and go through.
0: Yeah, this has been one of my favorite boxes. I feel like I say that a lot. But, um, <laughs> I really like things, and I really like chicken things.
1: <laughs> so this is like right up our alley.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and of course. In every box is one of the nesting box liners. And I wanted to remind everybody that I actually do use the nesting box liners from the bottom of the box. I know they're not the cushiest nesting box, li- box liners, um, but the reason why I use them is uh, they break broodies really well in the springtime
1: that's smart
0: it helps cool them off and they don't want to hang out in the nesting box because it's not like all plump and filled you know to the brim with straw i mean an egg breaks every now and then but like very very rarely and usually it's because all 10 of them laid in the same freaking box (laughs) so they were out of room and somebody probably stepped on one (laughs) yes so, yeah. So if you haven't subscribed to Honey and Rue yet, you should do that over at HoneyandRue.com. And you can save 10% off of your first box when you subscribe using our code, which is Drink and Farm. Hey, Sam, can you see that?
1: Um, see what, Bev? This is a podcast, not a YouTube channel.
0: I think that that fat groundhog must have been right about spring coming early because my counters are covered with fresh eggs.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Same here. I thought that when I was collecting eggs today, it was crazy. And now that the ladies are getting back into the swing of full egg production, it's crucial that they get enough calcium, which means extra grublies happy hours.
0: Happy hour with my hens is my favorite time of day. And knowing that grublies are farm grown in the USA and are packed with 50% more calcium than other wormy chicken snacks, makes hashtag Grublies Happy Hour that much better.
1: The calcium requirement for laying hens is very high, and Grubblies have the right phosphorus to calcium ratio, so your chickens can absorb all that nutrition they need to produce high-quality eggs and strong eggshells.
0: So switch to the higher calcium snack for your hens and save 15% on your first order of grublies using code FARM15 at grublyfarms.com.
1: Already a huge Grubly's fan? Make sure you subscribe and save 10% on every shipment of grublies at grublyfarms.com.
0: So uh, what are we going to talk about today, Beth? So I have been starting seeds. Ooh. I think I'm gonna grow things this year, Okay. apparently.
1: All right, we're gonna have a green thumb this year. Well, you (laughs) are, I probably won't. I haven't started (laughs) shit.
0: (laughs) Well, so here's how it normally goes for me with my gardening. I usually start the year with having super awesome intentions and I buy a ridiculous amount of starting pots, growing medium, and seeds. And then I forget about them and I scramble to fill the pots and plant the seeds and find enough daylight inside my house when it's already sort of too late to plant seeds. But it's, you know, like too cold outside to actually leave them outside yet. And I always forget to label my pots. So everything that I plant is a mystery. (laughs) <laughs> and um, I forget to keep rotating them around to make sure that they get enough light I forget to water everything and then I just end up giving up and throwing seeds at the dirt around mid-May and then by mid-June everything is covered in weeds and I admit defeat and promise myself I will do better next year wash, rinse, repeat
1: so I felt like I just went on a journey with you <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was my seed starting journey. You're welcome. Goodbye, the end. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks
1: for listening to We drink It We Farm Things.
0: <laughs> I mean, does that sound familiar to anybody else? Because if it does, Ugh. you're totally my seed starting soul sister. <laughs> no.
1: I mean, I've never done seed starting before, but that pretty much sounds like when I buy like seedlings how it goes so yeah it feels like if i tried to do the seed starting i would just fail way earlier and just kind of have the same journey as you
0: (laughs) well i am actually trying to do something different this year because like you've heard that saying you know doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results means that you're certifiably insane yeah it goes something like that yeah (laughs) and if anybody
1: thinks we're sane at this point then they haven't listened to us for very long so
0: (laughs) yeah and this is episode 50 so you got 49 other ones to listen to (laughs) and a whole slew of bs and if you don't think we're insane after all of that then you're our people yeah welcome (laughs) (laughs) so uh what i'm doing different this year is that i'm trying uh to be more intentional with my time and very specifically, my time in the morning. OK. Because I've been, um, I mean, you know, it's no secret. I do a couple of jobs. We do this podcasting together. I'm trying to do this animal thing in the backyard. So <laughs> I'm really busy, <laughs> and I do a lot, <laughs> and I enjoy it all. I love it all. So this isn't me, like, complaining or saying, woe is me, or anything. Um, But I feel like if I can get a hold of my mornings, then I can use like time that I used to originally waste to actually work on some of the stuff that I really want to do, like having a garden. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, starting your day off right can, you know, make the whole day better. Just like even for me like making myself brush my teeth and wash my face before i sit down and do work otherwise it'll be like three o'clock in the afternoon and i'm just a hot mess and my teeth still haven't been brushed and it feels gross but if i get up and do all that stuff ahead of time i tend to do way more so i can totally understand how getting a handle on your mornings could like help with this as well
0: yeah, and I've been doing that exact same thing, uh, that you've been doing where I try to brush my teeth and wash my face, like right as I get up. Cause yeah, it does. It like makes me feel it just makes me feel new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, cheesy yeah. as that sounds.
1: <laughs> but but for real though.
0: <laughs> well, so I've had this like morning routine thing that I've been working on. And um for the past couple of weeks I've have been making some really big improvements like i'm looking at my bed right now and it's made Oh! and i've been making it every morning for the last like two-ish weeks so i have been making some progress my face is cleaner because i've actually been washing my face like my breath smells better (laughs) all that good stuff (laughs) but i'm still like not quite utilizing my morning time very well so i got myself a morning journal that's supposed to like I don't know cement your morning routine like into your routine i don't know i'll tell everybody how it goes i'm gonna link to it in the show notes so that if anybody wants to look at it they can but i haven't started yet so i can't give you like a like a good review on it um but it's called like the habit nest morning journal i guess but i've read all the intros and i actually really like it um because i feel like they like cut through all the bullshit about like you know why You want to sleep in, or why you want to just wake up and stare at your phone. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't feel like such a slacker for wanting to do both of those things.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Even though I haven't reached my morning routine mecca, though, I actually have started seeds because one of the things that's on my morning checklist which my morning checklist is on my phone i use google keep for my morning checklist and um, i just uncheck all the boxes at the end of my morning whether i did the whole thing or not it doesn't matter that way it's clear for the next morning Um, but one of the items is to do a homestead task and it's just supposed to be something small like feed my sourdough or like in this case starting seeds So I started seeds in paper towels and plastic baggies, which is new for me. I have never done that before. So have you heard of this method, Sam?
1: I think I've seen it on Instagram, like other people doing it. So it didn't look totally new to me, but I don't understand like exactly how it works or why that would be a preferred method.
0: So my husband came into the office today. He like came in and popped his head in and he was like, hey, I wanted to tell you why you're supposed to fold the paper towel over the top of the seeds." because the other day I posted a thing to my stories about me having to fix them all. <laughs> Because I wanted to look at the seeds in the plastic bag. So I was like, well, that's no fun. How am I going to know if they sprouted if I can't see the seeds? Um, But it's because when you plant seeds, they're in the dirt. So they're like wet on both sides.
1: Okay. Which makes (laughs) sense, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it totally does. But also wanting to see the seeds since they were in a plastic bag made sense to me too. But I was like, oh, yeah, thanks, honey. I needed to know that like a week ago. But (laughs) I digress. (laughs) So yeah, I've been starting, it's uh, mid-February now, Um, and the first day that I started seeds was on February 10th. I'm in zone 6B, so if there's any other gardeners out there, you can use that information for how I'm doing my timing. I have started peppers, tomatoes, and perennials, which is like artichokes, strawberries, and asparagus. Uh, and I have also started some herbs because the herbs are just going to go in a pot inside the house for now. Um, but all of those things take forever to start from seeds. So starting them now mid-February and not being able to plant them until May, they need all that time to like, you know, grow their foliage and stuff so that you can actually get flowers and harvest anything from them uh-huh. by, you know, like midsummer. summer And starting seeds in paper towels helps you reduce time and space wasted um, because it allows you to only dedicate soil space to seeds that have actually germinated.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah,
0: usually you'll stick a seed in a little pot and then like a pepper seed takes 14 to 21 days to sprout. So you lost three weeks and that seed was never going to germinate.
1: That's depressing.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> Gardening is kind of depressing until you figure it out. <laughs> Not saying I figured it out this year, but I feel like I've got a little more hold of it. Oh, and uh, the seeds germinate faster inside the paper towels than they do inside the soil, because um, the paper towels are like a constantly like warmish, moist environment. I'm mean, going to say the word moist a lot. I hope nobody oh. minds. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like plugging her ears every I'm time. I'm just going
1: to drink every time you say moist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sam's going to be drunk by the end of this. <laughs> Great. <laughs> And uh, you can start like hundreds of seeds in a really small space using this paper towel method. So like even if you have bags of really old seeds that you don't even know if they're any good anymore, dump the whole thing into one of these paper towel bag things. I'm gonna tell you how to do it. And then you can just plant the seeds that actually germinate. Even if you get a super crazy low germination rate, some of them might still sprout and you didn't waste any pots or soil to find out. So, and you didn't have to throw the seeds in trash. So win-win. Win, win, win. We're just winning all over the place. Winning. (laughs) So to get started, you just grab a box of sandwich bags, a Sharpie, a roll of paper towels, and your seeds. And don't get hung up on how many of each seed you want to have plants for, because that's just going to complicate it. And it's going to make it so that you don't start, because that's why my brain works. I mean, if you're super organized, then that's not going to work for you. But (laughs) if you're like me. That might work for you.
1: (laughs) Just dump them all in there; it'll be fine.
0: (laughs) Dump them all in there, yeah. So you'll label the bags with the dates and the seed varietal. Um, I like to just keep track of what kind of each type of crop I planted, just out of curiosity more than anything else. Um, And you know, like if I find out that we don't really like any like something or it didn't do well, then I won't order any more of those seeds. But Um, Maybe I'll remember that, maybe I won't, because sometimes I'm not the greatest at keeping records. (laughs) And then you'll dampen the paper towel, wring it out, because you want it to just be lightly moist, not dripping wet. And then you're going to flatten it out, shake some seeds on it, and fold the paper towel over the seeds, because I already explained why. They need to stay moist. (laughs) Now... (laughs) I'm on a mission to say "moist" as many times as possible.
1: Mission <laughs> get him drunk.
0: <laughs> and then you put the paper towel in the bag, and you'll just store it in an area that's not too cold, hot, or drafty. Mine are just on like one of those uh, eight-foot collapsible tables in my office because I put one up for a project a while back and then never cleaned it off. Well, now I cleaned it off and just threw seeds on it. So, well, there you go. It lives there now.
1: You have a table full of moist seeds in your office.
0: I do. The moistest (laughs) office around. (laughs) Oh No, my office is not that moist. Yuck. (laughs) I'm going to take that back. I take that back.
1: (laughs) People are going to stop listening to us after this episode because of moist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I'll warn them at the beginning. (laughs) Okay. And then you'll just check on the seeds every day to make sure uh, that the paper towel is still damp and that nothing unwanted has started to grow like mold. Uh, Because you don't want mold in your seeds. Mold in your seeds are a bad thing. And I currently have tons of seeds sprouted and I'm working on getting them all in soil, which is pretty exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, my next step in my planting process, and this was something that I had started last year, but I never really followed through on. So we'll see if I follow through on on it this year. Um, I like to use peat pellets to uh, germinate my seeds in, or to plant my seeds in. My seeds will already be germinated this year, but um, peat pellets are like these little discs of like a like a peat moss growing medium that's been like compressed and you put it into warm water and it expands up like a little pot and then I keep them in these little like plastic trays that have a dome cover that go over them that kind of acts like a little mini greenhouse it's um it's kind of hard to describe but I'll put links to that stuff in the show notes also so people can check it out if they're interested in looking at it. And then um, once they outgrow the little dome covers, I move the peat pellets into like a little mix of soil into tiny biodegradable pots that like tear apart. So you can just plant the little biodegradable pot straight into the garden.
1: Oh, cool.
0: Yeah, and they're like set into these plastic trays so that the biodegradable pot stays like upright until you're ready to plant it because if you just like plant them into the biodegradable pots and you water them for a few days the pots will just you know fall apart because they're not really made for that yeah that makes sense and what's kind of cool is like all of the plastic domes and trays and stuff that the biodegradable pots go in I save those and reuse them so uh, this is the second year for a lot of my gear, even though I didn't get a lot in the ground last year, I still tried to use it last year. So I did have to buy a few new things this year cause I needed like more biodegradable pots. And I also got some 10, uh, by 20 inch, uh, like trays that don't have holes in the bottom of them. Cause last year I made it like a watery mess all over a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! So I'm going to try not to do that this year. <laughs> and uh i also have increased my organization this year i started an excel spreadsheet so i'm gonna link to that in the show notes because it's just like on google drive and if anybody wants to download it they can Um, but i'll let everybody know when it's done because i'm still like filling in formulas and stuff in it because i want to check my germination rate of each variety of seed that i have and then um In the spreadsheet, I'm keeping track of, like, what day I started the seeds, uh, what day they get transplanted into the little peat pellets, what day they get transplanted into the little pots, and then what day they go into the garden. Uh, But I added a column on there and a link to the Farmer's Almanac website so that I can see what date they're supposed to go inside the garden and um, alongside that date i also added a column to see when the ideal time is to plant them based on the moon phase yeah and i got the idea for moon phase gardening um from at glastick homestead i'm sure i totally butchered her name (laughs) because i'm the worst at pronouncing names um but yeah she does it's called um, moon phase gardening and There's actually, like, some science behind it. Hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: I had never heard of this.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of it either.
0: I had to look up what moon phase gardening was, and I got some information from a website called gardeningbythemoon.com. So I'm going to tell you what moon phase gardening is, and I'm really excited to give it a try this year. So moon phase gardening is an old idea that's really popular in folklore and superstition, but it turns out that there's like actually scientific ideas to back it up. And what it is is the earth is in a large gravitational field and that gravitational field is influenced by the moon and sun and the tides are highest at the new and full moon when the sun and moon are lined up with the earth. And just like the moon pulls the tides in the oceans, it also pulls up like the subtle moisture that's in the earth, um, which causes it to encourage plant growth. So like if you've ever noticed after like a like a I don't know, a full moon, suddenly the grass has to be mowed the next day. Like it might just be because deep water was pulled up by the gravitational pull, which is kind of cool
1: yeah science science <laughs>
0: this episode is brought to you by science <laughs>
1: science bitch i don't and know and alcohol why i felt motivated to say that but i did now i feel better so
0: i like it <laughs> Since the there's the highest amount of moisture in the soil at this time, like tests have actually proven that the seeds when planted during these this moon phase will absorb the most water and it'll cause um, the seeds to actually like burst and germinate faster. Planting with the phases of the moon will keep your plants in rhythm with the alternating gravitational pull. So moon phase gardening considers four phases or quarters of the moon that last about seven days each, and the first two quarters are during the waxing or increasing moonlight, and then the last two quarters are during the waning or when um, the moonlight is decreasing. Yeah, so the new moon is uh, the most ideal time to plant or start seeds since that um, lunar activity uh, pulls the water up and causes the seeds to swell faster. And also the increasing moonlight creates balanced root and leaf growth, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And um, the first quarter is also the best time to plant above ground bearing annual crops. So that would be like uh, plants that uh, produce their seeds outside of the fruit. So like lettuce or spinach or celery, stuff like that. I guess like grain crops and corn would be included in that. Okay. And in the second quarter, the gravitational pull is less, but the moonlight is strong, which creates healthy leaf growth. And it's generally a good time for planting. especially two days before the full moon because that's when the plant will get the most light you know during the day and in the evening so the types of crops that prefer the second quarter are annuals um, that produce above ground but their seeds are inside the fruit so that's like beans or melons or peas peppers tomatoes stuff like that so you plant just before the full moon to get the benefits of peak moisture And the third and fourth quarters are after the full moon, which is during the waning moon. Um, And that is when the energy is starting to draw down. Okay. Can you tell I'm, like, talking about stuff? I have no idea what I'm saying. But
1: it makes sense, (laughs) though. Like, if you're thinking about gravity, like, in the way that you're explaining it, it makes sense. So... It's just that it's a new concept that we're both learning kind of at the same time. See, you're teaching me something, so that just means that you're going to retain it even more. So this is a good thing.
0: Oh, that's very true. Yeah, I had to do the research, and then I had to type up the notes that I wanted to use, and then now I'm saying it out loud. So hopefully this moon phase thing will actually stick with me. During the third and fourth quarters, while the moonlight is waning, The gravitational pull is high, which creates the moisture in the soil, but the moonlight is decreasing, which helps the plant put the energy into the roots. So um, the first um, phase is when it's putting the energy into the leaves, but now it's putting the energy into the roots, which will help make a stronger plant. And so um, this time is a good time to plant root crops, so like your beets and carrots. And I have tons of beets and carrots on my list because those are my two favorite things to eat like really? on the planet besides ice cream. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I <pie>. mean
1: different <laughs> ends of the spectrum, but you know, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're like my favorite vegetables. Um okay. Yeah. Uh and is this is also a good time to plant perennials. So like bulbs. Okay. Um and also it's a good time uh, to transplant uh, your plants. So if you do start seeds inside and want to transplant them, this is a good time to transplant it since active root growth is the name of the game during this quarter. Okay. So um, during the fourth quarter, there's decreased gravitational pull and moonlight. So this is considered a resting period. So the fourth quarter is not an ideal time to put new plants in but it's the best time to like cultivate harvest transplanting is still okay during this time um, and to fertilize and to prune so that is moon phase gardening in a nutshell
1: <laughs> <Not>. <laughs> <laughs> which is like yeah something okay I don't know where my brain was going with that but I was like moon phase nuts I don't know maybe because sometimes when there's a full moon like it makes people kind of nutty maybe that's where my brain was going
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i have heard that the full moon brings the nuts out yeah yeah
1: yeah it's usually like the er's are busier and you know more accidents or something i don't know that could just be all like speculation but yeah well thank you for teaching me some new things today like you know starting seeds and plastic baggies and saying moist a lot and teaching (laughs) me about moon phases. It was, that was all good stuff. And I'm sure that some other people just got some new knowledge as well by listening.
0: Yeah, I certainly hope so. And as I work on the moon phase gardening, and I really will link in the show notes to my um, Excel document that I'm working on, um, because you can use, uh, if you download it, Onto your computer i'm not super technical i mean i do a podcast so i guess i do okay um but you'll be able to (laughs) fill in your own information so i'm going to put a link to like a template that's not going to have any of my information in it because i can't risk somebody messing up my hard-earned morning routine gardening (laughs) info time (laughs) so yeah that's the end and if anybody has any questions about moon phasing or want to chat about moon phasing like do so in our facebook group um because i'm hoping that somebody out there actually knows more about it Uh, than I do but it's a topic that I got interested in thanks to following some pretty cool people on Instagram so um, hopefully it'll spark something in somebody else too.
1: Woohoo! Yeah so like we mentioned before we are gonna be at Coop Camp and Coop Camp is June 7th through 9th and you can register um, at fadedjeans.tv slash coop-camp.html that's also in the show notes so go over there give it a little gander and you can come hang out with your favorite podcasters which is totally us we hope
0: yes yes we certainly hope so and uh (laughs) take our survey you can give us anonymous feedback there is a link to that in the show notes
1: and we've mentioned our facebook group probably a couple of times so you should go check that out at Facebook if you search we drink and we farm things you'll probably find both our page and our group to get into the group you'll answer a few simple questions and then Bev and I will grant you access and you can just come in introduce yourself and make some new
0: friends yeah and be sure and review us in all the places and if you really like us subscribe and download the episode when you listen downloading it allows us to get better listener counts so we tell you why, just in case you're a rebel.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's a great way to support us for free, too. Um, and if you want, you can go check out our merchandise shops. Um, I make some things, and you can go look at them and buy them at drinkandfarm.com slash shop. There's some cool drinking vessels, um, some stickers and other things like that. But we also have a second merch shop that sells shirts and hoodies and camping cups. If you go to drinkandfarmmerch.com,
0: you can check that out. And send us your farm stories. If you have a story from your farm you think fellow listeners could laugh at, learn from, or just warm their hearts, we want to hear it. So send them to us uh, via direct message on Instagram, or you can email them to drinkandfarm at gmail.com. So thanks for listening, guys.
1: Yeah, we will chat with you next week. So drink, farm, and and give give zero zero clucks. clucks.
0: Bye, guys.
1: Bye.